0: In which Jillian and Jacqueline. So, you always have the coolest clothes. But I what I No, you do. You're actually... Why are we co- talking
1: about my clothes? Well,
0: because... So, you're in a Ryan Adams t-shirt. I wore
1: this to be funny because...
0: Okay, go ahead. The
1: first time that we interacted on social media, I had... Well, this was like the second interaction. I had sent you a picture. I was playing a show at a venue. That's right, in St. Louis. In St. Louis. Yeah. And I sent... Um,
0: you were playing you were, with Brian Adams. I
1: was playing with Ryan Adams that night, but you were on you were going to be playing somewhere. So I was like, "Oh my god, I see your name." And and then you wrote back and you're like, "Oh, what are you doing there?" And I said, "I'm opening for Ryan Adams." And <laughs> and you said, "Oh, like a uh, summer of 69." And I thought you were being serious. <laughs> and so I was <laughs> of course, I have the worst sense of humor, and so I wrote back. I was like, "Oh, no no, no that's that's Brian Adams. This is Ryan Adams." And you're like, I know. Wow. Well, that's you really when I realized think I'm an idiot. You had no respect for me. <laughs> no. And, and it,
0: the fact that you thought that I was being serious meant you had no respect for anything about me musically. I
1: do. I really do. Now I think,
0: you do because we had a chance to get to know each other. I
1: think I actually thought that a lot of people, and no disrespect to Ryan, but I thought he might be like super under the radar and like a lot of people don't know him. And I, I didn't know that you were, um, yeah, I guess I didn't know that you knew a ton outside the country realm. Which is
0: crazy because I'm going to compare this to who from Danielle Bradbury. She came in. I only know her from not the voice, right? I don't know her from the voice, Danielle Bradbury. yeah, right. And most people know her from the voice. Now, when you say you only know me from country, I worked worked every other format for way longer than I've been in country.
1: I learned So (laughs) that's great, though. But I love
0: that because that means that I'm really resonating where I am now. Yeah, because I did pop, alternative. I did hip-hop, sports.
1: Well, that yeah, that's what gives you your edge. That's why you're cool here.
0: Oh, I'm so cool. You yeah, are. Yeah, I'm you're so, the
1: cool guy in town.
0: My point was, <laughs> I'm definitely not the cool guy. My point was, you're in a Ryan Adams t-shirt. Is that legit, like, old school? or is, No,
1: it, this is new.
0: Oh, it this is? This was, like,
1: from his last tour, yeah. Um, I it, love his designs. He has really great designs.
0: I'll get some, um, some retro uh, what do they call the t-shirts vintage thank you this is how cool i am i don't <laughs> even God know the word <laughs> so when i do award shows I'll, i have a stylist that'll like dress me because right. i'm colorblind as crap really? everything dark looks the same to me dark oh black dark blue, dark dark well i have to memorize colors okay so i know these are a, a shade of red yes these pants that i have on and so i've always had this problem so i have a stylist that comes and she'll pick out clothes and say, no, that's a green, mm-hmm. that's a black. But I'll say, hey, I like the vintage t-shirts. And what she does is she finds real vintage t-shirts. Oh, nice. But they're so expensive.
1: Yeah, they are. Yeah. They're like double a normal
0: t-shirt price. At maybe three or four times too. And she won't tell me because what stylists do, I've only learned this recently. Yeah. Is that, and I have a great stylist and she's going to have her own podcast, but she'll, oh, cool. she'll come and she'll say, hey, here, these are the clothes you want. And I'll mm-hmm. get a bill back like two months later. And I was like, holy crap, that Three Stooges shirt was like $68. <laughs> yeah. That was my point with that, but that's a new shirt. This but, is a
1: new one, but yeah. I have spent like, I think the most I spent was 80 bucks on a Judd's t-shirt from
0: 1988. Judd's, I have a 19, I think 89 tour Judd's t-shirt yeah. that's legit too. That They're she, so
1: good. Their hair, everything. that she
0: picked that because she knew I was a fan of the Judd's? Oh, you are. I, I mean, I was. Yeah. I can't. I can't act like I'm mumping them right now. Have
1: you uh, hung out with Winona? I haven't. That would be pretty cool. Have you? No.
0: Oh, I thought you had a great story. I and- don't.
1: But I was like obsessed with her as a kid and her mom, both of them. I read her book and everything. But yeah, they they were some of the like most eccentric characters. I feel like
0: my mom used to sing the Judds all the time. Which song? I mean, which one, Uh, Grant? Tell me about some good old days. I mean, that's to me—that's my mom's singing. It was always the Judds. Like when I think back about that, yeah, yeah. And so, obviously, I have an affinity for the Judds because when you think about being a kid, Mm -hmm. and I was born in the '80s, and they were a big deal, kind of to my kid years. Yeah. But Ridge. I have a I have a vintage shirt too that I paid way too much for that I haven't worn yet. Do you ever worry about wearing them? Because if it's so cool, it might be dead. Like <laughs> the shirt, you kill the shirt because you can't wear it anywhere else.
1: No, I've I have that never. problem
0: with crazy suits.
1: Oh well, with suits because yeah.
0: Because if I I have, I have a suit, I wore for the CMAs last year that I presented, yeah. and it was not cheap. Yeah. And if it's
1: that outrageous, though, nobody will forget it, you know? If it's, like, some crazy what, color or What am I supposed to do with it now? It's like, it has, like, diamond
0: sparkles on it. Oh, yeah. But I can't wear it again.
1: Yeah. You got to wear it to, like, a family reunion where nobody else...
0: But everything's on Instagram now.
1: So that's the problem. You know, these days, I don't know if guys have this problem, but I feel like as a girl and as an artist, if I wear something and I put it on Instagram, then I'm Is like... Is it dead?
0: I, yes. Yeah, that, that, then it's dead.
1: Then it's really dead, so I always have to try to somehow make it different. But
0: you, Your style makes you intimidating. Why? Because it's really cool. Oh. Like you're, but I told you the first time I met you. No. I thought you were way cool. And, and then you I met don't, me. I don't know. Yeah, well, then we started talking. <laughs> but I don't know that we knew each other before I said, hey, come out on the road and do shows. Did we? Nope.
1: We had never met. I think I – so yeah.
0: the story with me learning your music is that there were other songwriters – that you're either friends of or they're fans of yours.
1: Yeah. Because I heard that last night for the first time. And it was like
0: Heather Morgan and Caitlin Smith. And, you know, they would say, hey, Jillian Jackson's really great. You should, you know, really listen to her music. That's really sweet. And the first time that I listened to your music, I was like, wow, I actually like her music. Not just for my job, but for my personal taste. Like, mm-hmm. like I like your sound. So it's cool. And it's a little bit throwback. And it's a little, little left to center. And so... I don't know if you like the description of your music or not.
1: I appreciate any and all descriptions because I don't know where to start. I get asked that question all the time. How do you describe it? And I I don't quite know how to put it into words. It's like, it's just me. It's what I do. But well, anyway, continue I know, your story. I, the point
0: was, I was like, man, she's way cool. So <laughs> she's probably going to be too cool. So I just said, hey, come out and do some shows. And I, when you were out playing with Ryan Adams and I saw you were playing with her, I was like, oh, man, she's about to come out with the Raging Idiot. <laughs> I, it, it gets no more polar opposite than Ryan Adams yeah. to the Raging Idiots.
1: But like I said, you have sort of created this this you know niche in this market where you do something really unique and you also support artists that nobody else is listening to. So for me, it was an opportunity to obviously get to know you, but. Kind of to, you know, meet your fans and, and play music for people that seem to really want to hear new artists. And that was important to me, first and foremost.
0: What's the difference in opening for Ryan Adams and opening for me? <laughs> What's the difference the in The rooms are
1: actually the same.
0: Yeah, like four-wise? Theaters, yeah, yeah.
1: It's like the same. Well, Because yours were what? Three, 3,000, 4,000 theaters?
0: Yeah, two yeah. to three. But So
1: that was the vibe. I'll
0: only play theaters because I have to – That when you're in a chair, you're yeah. – your attention is forward. Yeah. You're not spending a lot of time talking to people behind you. Right. To the side of you. Yeah. So I I want a captive audience. Me too. And so that's that's why I only play theaters unless the festival comes.
1: Yeah. No, I I that's you and there were some similarities with your with your shows and Ryan's, but <laughs> but, what, one, what's but the two.
0: Only two. Go ahead.
1: Um no. Uh what was the diff difference? Um I mean, I don't know. The, the, He's like there was a lot of sage burning backstage. Oh yeah. <laughs> at his and with shows. us there was
0: a lot of broccoli being eaten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: was... Yeah. No. He he like zens out his whole backstage. So it's like he brings a um, you know, a Pac-Man on the road and then he burns like all the, this incense and stuff. A Pac-Man, and... like a video game or Yeah, is that like the of... full Pac-Man video game. Like he brings it with him. And um yeah, no, he, that was such a fluke thing anyway. I mean, that that happened.
0: How does that happen? Did he hear your music? Yeah,
1: he heard my song, Hate Me, and uh, I guess on Spotify. And he messaged me on Twitter. <laughs> and he was like, Hey, did you write this? Is this you singing? I'm like,
0: Yes. Oh, that's cool, right? Yeah. Yeah I bet you gotta be like What's Ryan Adams. Oh, I freaked out. Like the guy from Summer Sixty Nine. Robin Hood.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I am a I am a huge, huge fan, like have been for a long time. So of course that was crazy. And then like a month later he had he had slots opening up and so my agent called me and was like, Hey, Ryan Adams wants to know if you can be in Minneapolis tomorrow and I was like, Yes I can.
0: Who paid more for the opening Because I think I paid thousand dollars a show. Did I pay more or did Ryan Adams pay more? How much did I get paid? You don't have to tell me how much he paid. I just wonder who paid you more to open. How much did you pay me? Thousand bucks a show.
1: I feel like it was more than that.
0: You think he paid you more?
1: No, I think you. Oh,
0: d- I may I think you I, might have
1: paid me. I more know
0: than that I. No, I won't pay anyone less than a thousand bucks because I want them to make a little money aside from just travel. Yeah, maybe
1: you, it was a thousand. He paid a little bit more.
0: He did. Yeah. Oh, come on. He probably was making more though too. Probably <laughs> charge you more for a ticket. That's what I got to do. I got to take care of the artist better.
1: Please, please.
0: you are awesome. Man. We had a
1: lot of fun. I'm, I'm fun, right?
0: I'm fun. So fun. Uh, my point was, I thought some you, of the
1: nicest people you have around you, you surround oh, yourself I, with I'm great the people. Dick,
0: so I surround like everybody around me has to be just delightful. <laughs> they are every everyone. They are Mike D, Eddie, like all oh, Brandon, Nikita. Ray, Nikita. I mean,
1: sweet people. Yeah.
0: I, yeah. Ellen. Oh yeah. Love Ellen. So it was. I have a really great crew. Yeah. You have to be awesome as a human to roll and my team mm-hmm. all my teams if it's my morning show the band the stand-up yeah. crew i mean you took my tour manager
1: <laughs> wait a second
0: <laughs> i mean hold on i forgot you just called now. me i know no i know was that a trick was, no no i didn't say it's a bad thing i'm actually very very happy for her <laughs> i have a, a awesome tour manager she's so great she is yeah and I did call you because what? I was happy that you 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 took her. Oh,
1: I don't want to take her from no, you. No,
0: I would tell you, and if okay. you can offer her a better job, take her. I only want people to have great jobs and have great lives and careers. Well,
1: well, I don't know how great. It's not an upgrade, that's for sure, because you put her on a tour bus. She's going to be driving a van with me. So
0: we drive sometimes if it's in three or four hours. Okay, well, but we put a bus, and sometimes yeah. we go, you know, fancy plane. Yeah, you know. That stuff.
1: I know you do. I, I got the offer a couple, yeah, times. A couple of times. I couldn't like, no, make it happen. Can't. I wanted to, but yeah. I had more than uh, yeah, two yeah. people.
0: There are only so many seats.
1: I know. I know.
0: But you did. So I have a tour manager and her name's Tisha. She's awesome. Did you meet her out with me? Is that yep. how you knew her? Yeah. And then Jillian tried to hire her. I'm like, she did hire her. Yeah. <laughs> but not, I don't think you hired her from me at all. You're just using her outside of me. I think. I
1: think that's the case. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the case. You know, speaking of private jets, I just learned that artists um, will play shows, like, for these private yeah, yeah. jet companies no. and barter for flight time. Yeah. And I no, was like, loophole in do. society. That's, I will do this.
0: Oh, yeah. that's the, that's how you get in. Like, I just. It's amazing. Without, I can, I don't want to put him on, I would say his name, but I can tell you after recording. He came to me the other day and said, hey, you should do more of this. I, I have the yeah. deal and. Oh, wow. And so or you play shows, and then they give you hours. That's crazy. You don't pay any money. You may have to pay taxes on it. Okay. You, there's the one thing you can't avoid.
1: Oh, yeah. freaking okay. taxes. Yeah.
0: But it is amazing. Wow. And I can't say that I haven't – it's not a system. I just have done that before. Where oh my they go, God. hey, can I use your services, and Exchange will give you our services.
1: That's a, yeah. It's a great, it is fan, great exchange. Yes,
0: it is great. So yeah. um, all my point was was that you, you seemed <laughs> quite difficult – to approach, and then I said, "You know what? I'm just gonna see." And then I was completely wrong. I'm you were super. Chill. You you seemed super cool because you were super cool.
1: Oh, uh, okay. sometimes
0: people look super cool and they're they're, they're a little difficult.
1: Uh, you, uh, yeah. I mean, it's. I know people will probably always say this, but like, I'm really not. I'm just.
0: No, no, I, I vouch for that now. Yeah,
1: I'm yeah. not cool. But even your
0: I, artwork is cool. Like, there's a vibe to you, a retro, yeah. cool vibe. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, I love that stuff. That's my, one of my favorite parts of this is design. I'm like a huge, just, I love all things that have to do with, um I mean, graphics and, and photography and anything visual. I've just always loved that stuff. So I do all of it myself and I kind of just you tell. You Yeah. Most, most of it. I mean, some stuff I can't actually do like on Photoshop. So I have someone Jeez, from my paint. label do it.
0: That's what I do. Microsoft Paint. <laughs> you remember um, that? No. That's oh, like, like yeah. Like old on the, school on the computer with the colors? Yeah, no. no you don't I don't do that? that? No. no, no. Okay. Did no. we do a commercial? Yeah. All right, let me talk about this. <laughs> Blue Apron will come to your house, and in the box of Blue Apron, there will be some fresh, pre portioned ingredients and step by step recipes that will come right to your door that can be cooked in under 45 minutes. The menu changes every week based on what's in season, and it will be delightful. It'll be pure delightful. The, all the food inside there is de- designed by Blue Apron's in-house culinary team. They have 12 new recipes every week, and it really is fantastic. You can pick two, three, four recipes based on what fits your schedule. Blue Apron sends only non-GMO ingredients and meat with no added hormones. Ooh. Uh, on the menu right now. Quick bucatini with broccoli and pecorino cheese. Haven't had that one. Pan-fried chicken breast with sweet and zangy, wait, and tangy zucchini. I have had that one. The Italian-style shrimp and sweet peppers of Fregola pasta, and the Parmesan-crusted steaks with mashed potatoes and broccoli. Right now, Blue Apron is treating to you, if you're listening to this here on the BobbyCast, $30 off your first order. Just go to blueapron.com slash BobbyCast. you got to put that slash BobbyCast, though. Blueapron.com slash BobbyCast. Blue Apron's a better way to cook. Okay, so let's let's talk about your music for a second. The first song... Because I remember I had you come into the ra- – you've been on the radio show before. Yeah,
1: so I remember I was flying to Mexico that day, and we went in at like 7 – what t- what time did your show go on? 7, 8? Yeah, well,
0: no, it starts at 5, but yeah, then you came in later.
1: Yeah, we came in, and um, you had called us like on a Monday, and it was a Wednesday or something. And so, you know, I had wanted to be on your show for a long time. And I was like, oh, shit, okay, we're going in like in two days, and – I had never done that before.
0: Oh, that's right. It was your first ever radio. And I cursed. You did. I said the word shit. You did. That's right. And we were like, whoa, you can't do that. (laughs) On this, you can say whatever you want. Because this isn't...
1: Good, because... These
0: airwaves aren't regulated by the government. The government owns the radio airwaves, and they regulate them. Right. And you were breaking the law... (laughs) But they don't put you in jail. They put <laughs> they me put in, jail. in jail. And I had just come off a million dollar fine about mm, 10 months prior. You didn't have to pay a million dollars. I got fined a million dollars. My, but company, okay. my company paid it for me. Okay. I wasn't paying a million. I yeah. mean, I guess I, ooh. That's a big that's layaway nuts. plan. That's a multi. That's su- nuts.
1: Like, what's, but I cost my
0: company a million dollars.
1: For something you said?
0: Yeah, for something I did on the air.
1: Oh, okay. And so,
0: when you came on and you cursed, we were like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I brought you in.
1: Nobody had prepped me before I walked into the room. But I told you
0: I thought that was the best way to come in. Because you weren't media trained.
1: Yeah, and, and I haven't been since then. And you shouldn't yeah.
0: be if you so. if you actually have thoughts. I feel like you shouldn't be. The only things I've, that real art and I say artists, people that have something to say creatively. Maybe not speak it or sing But the only thing that you should really be trained on are the the quirks. If you go, uh, uh, a lot, or your mouth goes,
1: right. or
0: if you kept scratching yourself like you just did for the whole, the whole thing. (laughs) Just like a tick? Yes. Those are the little (laughs) things that you should be told about.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: But you don't have those, so you're good. So you came in, here's what I remember from this. You came in. Yeah. And uh, you... I was really well, nervous. I couldn't tell. Oh, yeah. I was very nervous. I don't think we'd done any shows together by then either. Then either. Do you
1: remember that I like had to put the the lyrics to Rich Girl up on my iPhone and I couldn't get my phone to... It was just... And I was like probably shaking and sweating. and
0: I don't... You know what yeah. what is sucks about me is that... And same thing, I guess, with anyone. I've been doing it so long. I don't know what it's like to come from the other side.
1: Yeah, I get that. Yeah. And so... It's intimidating, though. Walking into that room, knowing who really? you guys are. It is. Yeah. Because everybody has played that show, like everyone important, and so when you finally get to play the show, you're like, oh, shit.
0: I remember you came in, and again, I was a big fan, so I said, hey, I just want you to play multiple songs, and I think you played two of your own Mm -hmm. and a cover, Mm -hmm. which is rare because most of the time So my audience, if they don't know an artist, what I like to do is let them play a cover, so the audience goes, oh I'm familiar with the song yeah. they're playing, and I also like what they're doing, so I'm going to listen for their original. Yeah. If anything else, because some people go, covers aren't my thing, and I go, that's great, but they are my audience's thing for the most part, because they yeah. need to be warmed up to a new artist.
1: Completely. I understand that more now. I have a very complicated relationship with cover songs. A lot of people do. Yeah, and I think I was like just scarred as a child, because I did a lot of karaoke, and like had to play weddings, and I just didn't... And with this age of social media, a lot of people, I think, can, like, they only do covers. And then it just feels like, what do you have to say personally? You know, I I don't need to see you sing someone else's song all the time. So I try to stay away from that. But I get it. When an audience sees a show for the first time and they have no idea who you are, they get really excited when you play the cover song. Because then they feel like they can identify with, first of all, the, the song you picked... They're like, oh, okay, they like that song too. That speaks to them. And then if you do a really good job, then they've heard an awesome version of that song that they've never heard. So I am warming up to it now, and I'm having to learn more covers because country audiences love them.
0: I don't think you should have to do a lot of them, but for me on this show, because we do about, I think, 5 million a week to listen to the show, right? So I'm dealing with a a major audience at one time. yeah. And so even on the podcast, well, the podcast is different, even the show podcast, not this one, because people can skip things. Mm-hmm. I have to keep them when I'm live. Yeah. And if they change it, then I may not get the as high of a rating. So in order – if someone just plays an unknown song by an unknown artist, people go, check something else out. I'm, mm-hmm. I might come back.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But if you play something they know, you kind of lure them in. To, to something yeah, that you completely. are doing. Now, yeah. that's live radio. And the tone
1: of your voice even, you know? Like, if they like the way you sound. And yeah. you
0: did Rich Girl, and it was fantastic. Yeah, thanks. I don't remember you not having the lyrics. I just remember you nailing it. I remember you saying it, the, the, a bad word. And <laughs> then you played two songs, and I remember that. And I don't look at iTunes as much because I, you, the days of downloading music are still up on us. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people, a lot of the younger, are streaming more than downloading. Yeah. But I looked at iTunes, and both of the songs that you played on the show had just went boom, and yeah. they, they both jumped really high. <clears throat>
1: they did. Which yeah. meant they
0: bought both songs, which meant they weren't just liking a song. They were liking an artist. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's – like I, I thought you were good, but I think my connection with my audience is a lot of times – not always, but a lot of times I can speak for them and go, mm-hmm. this is good. And they liked you. And I remember thinking that, wow, she played two songs and they're both being downloaded like crazy. Yeah. So.
1: Well, that's, I have to tell you, like, you gravitating towards Hate Me, and I think it was Hate Me and God Bless, or I don't know what you played, but uh, I remember you liked Hate Me. And just the fact that you liked Hate Me and decided to play that song, you know, that was a big discussion with my whole team. Like, well. Bobby likes hate me, and we were trying to figure out what the single was going to be. I never said it should
0: be the single for radio. There's a difference on what well, I like yeah. and what I think. Because hate me is my favorite song.
1: Yeah, it is. Come on in, hate me.
0: But again, as a business guy, I would say this isn't your radio song at, at first. Yeah, because you first. have to have something stupid enough, a little, a little more tempo at first. Yeah, because you have these working against you. It's a slower song. And you're female. Mm -hmm. It's
1: about a relationship. And the word hate
0: is in it. Yeah. And there are all these little idiosyncrasies that people will look for to shoot it down like, oh, it's too negative. Because programmers, much like myself, are huge douchebags. We are. (laughs) And and I don't think a douchebag means you're a bad person. I think a douchebag is someone who thinks they know more than they actually do.
1: You're probably right. I'm the
0: epitome of a douchebag.
1: Yeah, what I've learned from radio is I think everyone is generally still trying to figure out exactly what's going on. Um, and not to discredit anyone because I think everyone is doing their best. But I think it, it's it's changing really fast. And so I think people are just trying to maintain some sort of like understanding. And here's, maybe that comes off as like...
0: Here's why, Jillian and Jacqueline, that I am the smartest person in radio. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Because I know I don't know anything. Yeah. It's very... Socrates-esque Who traveled do you really, the world. Do
1: you really think You don't know anything Oh no I, don't, I
0: know nothing I Really know, There's nothing to know In a creative space You can't actually know anything There is no form In a creative space You can take your best guesses Yeah You can hear things And you can try to relate them Because I have an audience That trusts What, what I'm seeing And what I'm hearing mm-hmm. And I'll, most of the time They agree with me Yeah And so they have that trust They give me the benefit of the doubt But I, there's, I can't possibly know something That's not tangible
1: so you don't ever worry that you need to have like a handle on what is popular or – If I you, worry
0: about that, I, I've lost a step.
1: But you don't. You don't worry about that.
0: No. Now, yeah. if you said, what's my radio song, I could tell you. Go, so
1: you have like a separate part of your brain that's like, okay, I understand what radio
0: would want. Yeah, because that's just data, yeah. analysis, watching what other douchebags are doing. <laughs> You know, being, knowing all the douchebags, being one myself. Like, it takes a, a solid douchebag to know a douchebag. And I'm the king of them. So, but no, but I, I, yes, it's a different thing. Yeah. But, yeah, there have been many. I, I
1: don't think about that stuff, so I don't know. Yeah, I managed to do 16 weeks of a radio tour, and I still don't check anything. I don't, my brain doesn't go there. I just.
0: So you don't look at it. I, it would
1: ruin my creativity. It would literally Absolutely. squash it. Absolutely. And I would be dead inside. So I just can't. I just don't look at it. I, I don't I ask questions. Do
0: I I'm such the opposite. <laughs> well,
1: there's some artists that like really are good at it, and they want to know, and they ask all the questions, and they stay up on it, and I commend them. I don't work that way. I am so personally connected to every lyric of my songs that I I it would crush me. Like if I watched something die.
0: Do you look at comments? Let's, let's say, hate me's up. It's Come on YouTube. On it, hey.
1: Oh, no. You On won't, YouTube? No, I would never. You won't
0: go look at comments? No. Because it's never good. No. You're walking into a, a, a burning you house. You are. But sometimes oh, yeah. I, I go exploring. A couple times
1: I've seen like, you know, at the top they'll have the thumbs up and the thumbs down. And I'll be like, who the hell thumbs
0: down? <laughs> no, like what? No. Who are you? <laughs> you can go, you can save an orphan from a bus flying off a cliff yeah. and someone will thumbs down you. Seriously, yeah, it's yeah. too easy to make someone feel disliked. And there's a power in in having an equal voice yeah. and going, I don't like it and I finally have the power to tell someone that I don't – m- what I yeah. think it is, it's very much into the psyche of – like myself. I've been told a long time that, hey, you suck. You don't speak right. So the natural incl- – I'm just using myself as an example. Yeah. I would go, oh, well, I don't like being told that I'm not good. So I finally am- have an even voice and I'm going to tell someone they're not good. And I think a lot of that happens. Oh, yeah. I don't think they actually dislike things. Okay. My Facebook page – I can I don't even go and I say this on the air. I don't go to my show's Facebook page. I don't even go look at it. Yeah. Maybe 3 times a year. Yeah. Cuz it, it's just I think that's smart. It's just a hatred minefield.
1: Yeah, and that's unfortunate. I don't know why people don't realize that something they type on their computer and send out into the universe that they don't realize it has power. Because it's
0: that's not real. That's what I can't figure
1: out. It's not real. But it's so real to me. Like I would never do
0: that. That's just because you've had a taste of it, and maybe you may be a better human too. But I'd like to I've think I'm a pretty decent human. That have been just disgusting to me, and you meet them in person, and they're actually pretty nice people, and they're like, "Oh, I'm sorry about that." Yeah. It was just, I just think when you're on the computer, you don't feel like it's real life.
1: That is probably messing up our psyche in some like very deep psychological way. I think that we're not connecting our actions with other people's feelings
0: we also don't think that people actually see what we're writing Do, if really? let's say chris rock puts out a comedy special and i give a little comment i don't think chris rock's ever gonna yeah, see yeah that's
1: it. probably true like i really you feel like there's enough disassociation that you're like yeah i get it you feel free and clear and safe
0: but will he yeah. absolutely yeah i mean probably probably make i it won't pay. mention his the name there's a plus less artist that i'm very friendly with and his he put his album out he was reading reviews of it and he was like, he's like, I can't believe that the people. Mm. He was reading literal reviews the day it came out. Is <laughs> he's as A plus as you can get? Yeah. And he was like, it's bumming me out. Oh man. Yeah. The album was huge. It was.
1: See, that just goes to show, though. There's everything is relative too. I'm learning that everything is relative, and everything there's conditions on things. So, you know, I think that for me, um, I just try to remember to only focus on the things that I actually have control over because otherwise there's somebody out there that's going to say something about me and it's going to get back to me and it's probably going to hurt my feelings. But I I don't, I don't even, I think I'm so afraid of like knowing that people could be that horrible to me because I am not at the point where I'm getting bombarded with like mean stuff. Like everyone's pretty generally nice to me online. But there will come a day, maybe
0: when your exposure rises. Yeah,
1: and then people are like, Oh, she's big she's big enough now that I can throw stones and she probably won't notice. Yeah, that's weird to me. Because I'm just here like writing songs about my life. <laughs> that but feels weird.
0: I think though that's also what makes you cut through. Yeah. Like what is your biggest strength turns to be your biggest weakness as well.
1: Yeah, maybe. And I'm also I've sort of like realized that I have to keep holding on to this underdog mentality. Whenever you feel like you're getting to the next step, I think you have to keep your mind one step behind the step you just took. Because if you actually believe you are where you are, then you start to get delusional. And I think that I always want to keep this underdog mentality of like, I am the underdog and I can't believe I'm here. Because if I ever get comfortable in any situation I'm in, you know, it's probably just gonna like first of all fall apart, and I don't want to believe any hype that ever happens around me.
0: And, and that's all with who you surround yourself with. Yeah, because I'm perpetually the underdog. But when you start putting people around you, or people come to places like, oh, you you get a million dollar fine. Next thing you know, <laughs> that for yeah. me was the I, I was out of control. Yeah. And I got a million-dollar fine, and now uh, I'm not really that out of control anymore. <laughs> I'm just kind of out of control. <laughs> but, no, I think that it, it's a lot with who you surround yourself with. Yeah. And, you know, with me, I like all joking aside, I've, I've kept the same people from when I was yeah. doing nothing. Yeah. I mean, I was grinding it out in one town, an awesome city, but we were the underdog in, in one city. hmm Much less, we weren't syndicated, we weren't anything.
1: I think that's incredible that you have all your friends on the show with you. It's the only thing that's kept me somewhat normal and has
0: made me successful is surrounding myself with that layer of, Mm -hmm. hey, Bobby, you're being a douchebag right now. That's what Amy, my co-host, does. Yeah. She's like, you're you're a little out of control right now. You're kind of being... Yeah, and And you need that. And they've been with me so long that I go, huh. At least I'm gonna evaluate this. Yes. <laughs> I Don't always agree, but
1: that's so healthy. But that's been yeah. it for
0: me is keeping the people around me. I, yeah. You said something last night because we had a show last night where I took my class of 2018. Who every year I picked five artists and I go, hey, this is a big year, and you're one of them this year. And so you were talking last night, and your he's not your fiance. Yeah. Uh,
1: I forgot my ring today. By the way, I'm not wearing it right is now. Is it at home? You slept Yeah, at home? it's at home.
0: You still not remembering? Yeah, it all the I'm not time?
1: used to it. It's been like 6 days.
0: You you made the comment that he has to be on stage with you and play songs that you wrote about your boyfriend before. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty funny. It
1: is. I haven't I didn't think about it until we were on radio tour and somebody at, on at the radio station was like, "So wait, you guys are dating now? That sucks for him. Like he has to sing about your ex." And I was like, "Oh, he's fine. Whatever. He's fine." But then later I was like, "Wait, that actually is kind of shitty for him. I feel bad." He's, and he like, you know, takes it like a champ. He's, he's not, he's not um, sensitive about it, but it's, I think it's weird knowing how long we're gonna have to sing these songs about my ex. And there's always going to be like that story through my music. Like I'm always going to have that person as part of my musical history. Yeah. And he inspired a lot of songs, you know, and, uh, that's the way it goes.
0: I was talking to Carly Pierce about that because her song's about an ex. Yeah. And it's the same thing. You write songs about people and they come in and out of your life. Mm -hmm. And then you always have to sing the song. And they're like
1: immortalized. And the feelings you had then are like stuck. I mean, with Hate Me especially, that song still makes me feel like that that was tough. It was. um, And that person is like still someone I really care about. That song
0: is so good. Thank you. I think why I gravitated to it is I mean, uh, all your songs have this authentic texture to them, but that song was, you don't even think about that song unless you're living it. Mm. Like, you don't even think that's a concept.
1: Yeah. Unless
0: you're living it. And, yeah. Because and ex- you don't go, I could go, hey, I want to write a song about a sunny day in Africa. Yeah. And I could write that song even though I've never been there. Yeah. You don't write this song, Hate Me, unless you've actually been in the place yeah. to where that's coming out of you.
1: And I, like, wrote that song the day that that whole conversation happened and where I felt all of those emotions. Like, I went straight from our what was our house to my writing session. and Ooh. Yeah. And so you walk
0: like, in the room and you say what to your co-writers?
1: Well, it was just Topher and I, my producer, when I got there. Hillary Lindsay was showing up in, like, 45 minutes. And so he and I wanted to have something started uh, before she got there. So... I explained to him the conversation I had just had with my ex, and I had written down in my phone, This would be so much easier if you hated me. And so I was talking to Topher about that and how I really loved this person and care about this person, and it's so much harder to walk away. And not want to walk right back when you really care about him. And I was just like, I wish one of us had cheated on each other. I wish we had, like, killed someone. Something that would make it easier to never want to see you again. Because it's not working. We're not happy, but we still love each other. It's very felt very complicated at the time. And uh, I was just trying to say that in a song. And I really felt that that chorus, you know, just kind of fell out as a conversation. And I think I pretty much said, like, the first four lines to Topher, like... You know, come on and hate me. Tell me you regret you ever met me. You know, make sure that it hurts right as I'm leaving. I mean, I just felt that.
0: Like, I feel that I don't have a good history of relationships. (laughs) No one's ever cheated. Why are you laughing? I don't know. Do you know? No,
1: I was just like, I've heard some things. What have you heard? (laughs) No, I've heard you talk about it. Oh, yeah. Because
0: I, anything. Yeah, because anything. I mean, I say everything. I feel like I say everything, but no one's ever cheated. Yeah. It's always been really awesome, but it's been my fault. And I'm no. just like, man, it would just be so much easier if you were just disgusted with me and wanted to just rid yeah. me from you. Because they're so awesome. Yeah. I don't have a yeah. bad ex-girlfriend. Yeah. I've been the to- I've been the problem every time. Hmm. And it would just maybe that's why that song hits me so hard.
1: Maybe. Where
0: it would just I just yeah. relate to it. Where, yeah.
1: Do you want to get married? Yeah. I think. Do you so. want to have kids? Yeah, I think so.
0: I'm definitely not against it. I'm yeah. not someone who goes no. But again, I don't. I haven't been right there where I'm going. Mm -hmm. I want to do that. And I'm not going to do it for the sake of doing it. No, definitely not. So, but because I don't, I think I do. If that's fair to say, because I am not like, nope, I don't. That means I think I do. I'm just ready for the right. Yeah. If
1: you're even open to the possibility it can happen. Yeah, and that's why I think I am. Yeah.
0: Because I definitely am. Yeah. Oh, Another commercial. Right in the middle of the, (laughs) right in the middle of this here. Okay. (laughs) Let me do this commercial. The IRS released their annual Dirty Dozen lists of tax scams and phone scams. And the most common one is when callers pose as an IRS representative and then they say, hey, tell me this information. And then you go, okay, cool, here it is. And the next thing you know, boom, they have your numbers and identification and they're still in stuff from your bank accounts. Well, so many threats in today's connected world and it takes just one week link for criminals to get in. Good thing new LifeLock Identity Theft protection. As the power of Norton Security to help protect you against threats to your identity and your devices that you can't easily see or fix on your own. If you have a problem, your agents, the agents, the, their agents, work to fix it. No one can stop every cyber threat or prevent all identity theft or monitor transactions at all businesses, but new LifeLock with Norton Security is able to uncover threats that you might miss. Go to LifeLock.com or 1-800-LifeLock. Use the promo code Bones for an additional 10% off your first year. I have LifeLock. I use LifeLock. I mean they. I don't use it every day, thank goodness, but sometimes I have to use it. LifeLock.com slash bones for an extra 10% off. Okay, so how about God Bless This Mess?
1: God bless this mess this is
0: as the kids say, this is the bomb.
1: Do it? the kids say that? Yeah, mistakes? they do. Usually
0: they're upbeat. Like, Does
1: it scare you ever as you're getting older when you realize that like kids in high school are saying things that you don't even know they're saying? Well, I feel nervous about it. If I was
0: still... <laughs> Doing any sort of pop, yeah, I would have to worry about that. But I feel like my audience is between the ages of 26 and 49 anyway. Yeah. And they're not that cool either. Yeah. So I'm just talking to my... Now, if I had a bunch of 15-year-olds listening, I'd probably be talking about how lit it was all the time. But I'm not, so I don't. So I've
1: never used that word no, like I haven't in a either. Sentence.
0: Except for making also, fun of it. Also, have
1: you guys used Stan? The word yeah. stand. Well, I
0: understand the concept of the Eminem and song. How
1: do you u- how do you use that in a sentence?
0: Well, so if okay, so I was talking to my friend Charlamagne earlier today. Yeah. And he's a radio host in New York. And I'd be like I wouldn't say this in normal life, but if I were to use Stan, I would I'd say, "Hey, I saw someone that was uh, posting on YouTube, and they were standing you like crazy, like oh, okay. hardcore messaging, huge okay. fan, yeah, like relentless, like <laughs> obsessed." Th- yeah, because yeah. Stan was an Eminem song from back in the day. Your that's biggest what... fan, this is Stan.
1: Oh, that's where it came from.
0: I would assume, right? Yeah.
1: Oh, I thought it was like stalker fan Stan. That's what I thought.
0: That's Mike, what you may want an Urban Dictionary th- that. I, I like it. Okay, I always is it just his assumed thing? it was Eminem. Did I make that up, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's from Eminem, right yeah
1: oh that makes sense hey then. i wrote
0: you this song you know okay your biggest fan this is stan okay and at the end of this you ever heard the m song stan yeah okay at the end what happens at the end of the song i don't know <laughs> he like drives off a cliff right dies <laughs> like off a, Dr- a cliff yeah drives off a bridge and kills himself yeah
1: i have a very limited repertoire of popular songs uh like anything that happened in the 90s i was only listening to like Country or oldies, so I don't know many of the popular songs that other people know. That's why when that happened at your show, I freaked out.
0: Yeah, I said, hey, let's play a cover. She came out because we know every cover.
1: And I don't know any. And she
0: didn't know any songs. And then finally we settled on Crazy. Had to yeah. And then it was really good. And we did it the whole time. It was like, yeah, let's stop searching. And you come out and crush it. And I say, Jillian, here's why you come out and do the cover. Because you sell more merch if you come out <laughs> during our show.
1: I loved it. You said that to me. You're like, just... Sell your merch, you know, and I'm like, "What do you mean?" You're like, "Tell everybody you're selling." And I'm like, "I feel weird oh, about yeah, that." She saying, I
0: don't want to talk about merch. Yeah. Like, and he's like, "Just tell them." People want to buy. Your I learned merch. that
1: though. That you're right. It's I need to stop being so bashful about like I have stuff to sell. I I don't know why I felt weird about it.
0: And that people want to buy it.
1: Yeah, I understand that now, yeah.
0: And I was, people enjoy you. They want to know that you have stuff. They want to know that you're going to be signing. Yeah. So tell them. Yeah. And if they don't, they'll walk by. They don't have to buy it, but let them at least know. It's true.
1: I think I can be uh, super, like, critical of of other people um, trying to sell themselves. So I always am very aware and not wanting to come off that way. I want people to, like, just listen to the music, but...
0: You know, hmm. yeah. Interesting. Who Do I oversell myself?
1: No, I'm not judging you. Uh, I, mean, I think you, more so like artists like and I'm like, well, you know, I, I want you to talk about your music. I don't want you to talk about your merch. But I, I'm kind of getting around that because I'm realizing I, there's a lot of things in life I've been precious about that I don't need to be anymore.
0: My point with the merch, too, was one, people want to buy it. If they enjoy you, that's a moment for them. Yeah. Because I go to shows. I have a John Mayer sweatshirt that I wore at one time, but I freaking got that from his show. Yeah. And I'm a big fan, and I love it. I just love it in my closet. It reminds me of when I went to Minneapolis and watched him doing his show last yeah. year. And also, what people may not know is that you, artists, that's part of how you eat.
1: Yeah, that is I mean, it, true. It, it's how you yeah. pay the
0: bills. It's how you eat. Yeah. Because, again, I just said earlier, I paid you 1000 bucks a show. By the, let's say it's $2,000 for the weekend. You have to travel. You're, yeah, you're buying flights at $350.
1: See, this is the stuff that I start to glassy. I go my eyes go flights glassy. you gotta pay for your guitar player. Yeah. You
0: gotta pay for hotel rooms. <laughs> I'm just trying for you to come out in the black.
1: No, you know, for I am like I am very romantic about my career a lot of the times. And I'm thankful that I have people around me that do the other stuff because I love the mystical, magical world of making music, and I don't want to be totally desensitized by all the other stuff. On the on the other hand, I'm the most OCD, type A, organized artist, so I also get people telling me I need to calm down and stop worrying about the little details, but there's a part of me that doesn't want to know about, like, how the prices break down, we rent the tour bus, and how much merch we sold, and what the tickets are, you know, that stuff starts to make me feel anxious. So... Because then I just want to think about playing the show.
0: Well, it's also your job to hire good people who make those. Which,
1: yeah, yeah, totally. Which and is
0: what I've been able to do. But I'm a schemer. I'm not trying to scheme anybody out of things. Yeah. But if there's a way to manipulate media, I will do it.
1: If I think it, that's smart. I wish I had that.
0: It, if I don't think, here's the difference <laughs> in me and you. You have a genuine talent. I scheme to find ways to make people feel like I'm talented.
1: Right. I really
0: don't have... You said it, not
1: me. Yeah, I don't really have
0: anything about me that's like, wow. Like, I don't.
1: I think you're an incredibly engaging personality, but that's just me. Like, I think you're interesting. And your story's interesting. That's why you wrote a book about
0: it. Yeah, but again, you have to get really invested to get there. Okay. Like, I, no, you're my, selling yourself short. My talent is that I can make people feel like... I
1: mean, you could be like Ellen. Like, I could see you with your own, like, actual TV talk show. Well,
0: enough about me. God bless this mess with the question. I get comfortable with it. He's like, enough comfortable. Enough. Oh, I hate con- I cannot. Really? I don't want anyone complimenting me or insulting me. Actually,
1: we talked about yeah. this once. I hate it, too. It makes Either my one. skin crawl. I don't. Well, that's not true. I don't like it in the moment. I don't like receiving it. And then later, I'm like, oh, they said that about me. That was cool. Like, you know, I kind of tuck it away to, like, think about it later. That's cool. I should
0: <laughs> do that. You don't do that? No. I'll tell you what I do is I have pictures. Like in my room, I have – the first time that I sold out the Ryman, I keep that picture. I didn't enjoy it that night at all. It was miserable to me.
1: Oh, man.
0: Because I kept thinking, how is this going to fall apart the whole time?
1: Yeah, I've done that to myself. Then it's
0: over and you didn't enjoy it. But I have a picture of me sitting on the stage looking at the – before it came in. Yeah. I enjoy that picture so much. (laughs) I love that picture. I don't
1: know why that sounds so sad. It's like the moment was miserable.
0: Completely. You love the picture. Completely. The uh, my favorite theater is uh, in Austin, Texas, the Paramount Theater. Yeah. I went to so many shows. Yeah. And I have a picture of me the first stand-up show I did at the Paramount. It's sold out, and after the show was over, there's a stage light, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And someone got a picture of me sitting on the stage, just looking at it, and I really it was just like, "That's cool, man. I wonder, you know, what the, re- the re- reviews are gonna be terrible. I'm sure." But it's okay. I was thinking that at the time, being miserable, but they got a picture of me, and I enjoy that picture so much. Like, I just strive to have good pictures that I can appreciate later. I know. I'm, I'm looking for a new therapist, by the way, too. But oh, it's a whole thing. Oh, yeah. But, that's, but I enjoy those pictures.
1: I – yeah. No, I have done that quite a few times where I have – uh completely lived through a moment or a, a, you know a situation in my life and just been so ridden with anxiety and like depression through the whole thing and then later you know someone will like bring it up to me and and I'll somehow find like a sliver of like goodness in it but it was torture like the whole thing going yeah. through it was just awful but you know as i've gotten older I've done that so many times that now that I've gotten older, I'm like, stop doing that. Don't don't waste your life being miserable Like through the important stuff. There was huge shows, like really exciting shows that I remember I was just the whole show I'm playing and I'm thinking, these people hate me. Nobody likes it. Oh my God, why am I here? I want to leave. And we just play like a whole set and then get off stage and everyone's like, great job. And I'm like, no, it was horrible. They're lying. They're lying. I'm just convinced that it was the worst. And then I'll see like a video back and be like, oh, it, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> okay everything's don't fine don't from
0: our pictures then you're doing the same thing <laughs> I know you're watching videos I do
1: yeah
0: I, again back to this song <laughs> <laughs> this, also I'd like to say this too I think that when we start talking we always get off into something and we actually have a, a pretty good back and forth always but because of that I really don't know much about you personally because we always start talking about something yeah. and then 45 minutes later it's Jillian gotta go on stage <laughs> so let's just sit down and talk about the music for a second yeah Jillian, Jacqueline Tell me about this God left this mess song here. Okay. Because I like it a lot. Thank you. Yeah,
1: I like this song too. This song is, it was a surprise to me, this song. I was sort of turned off by the initial idea of the title. I thought it was something that I would never be able to sell as an artist because I don't go to church and I don't really pray that often. And I just didn't grow up super religious. And so I just felt kind of like, it felt weird for me to sing a song called God Bless This Mess. But Topher had the title, and he was like, we have to write this. This is going to be great. And he knows that I'm a basket case. He's my best friend and my producer. He knows everything about me. I'm now marrying his brother. I mean, we have a very long history. So he and I were just talking about how I have gone through many stages of my life and my career feeling very anxious about what's happening next and forgetting to be where I am and kind of punishing myself for that and just basically being like a downer when I didn't need to be. That's kind of been my, my MO for for quite a while and so we were talking about just how to embrace that and not judge yourself for it and be like, yeah, I am kind of a mess and I make mistakes and I waste a lot of time worrying about stuff and blah, blah, blah. So we wrote the chorus at my dad's house uh like right before we were about to eat dinner i was up there in new york for a fundraiser and so topher was with me to play the show with me and so we wrote the chorus and we really liked it and the melody was like done we had it all figured out and then we wrote these verses that were sort of like i i i like i do this and my car just broke down and da, -da," like real life stuff and it just got really heavy and really mopey and i was like nobody wants to hear this it's too self-indulgent it's not working And we were going up to write with Lori McKenna in Boston, like, a couple months from then. so we decided to bring her the chorus and scrap the verses we had. And we brought it up there and played her the chorus. And uh, Lori immediately said something. She said, here's to the Brokens, the Misfits, and Wannabes. And I was like, what did you just say? And she's like, well, what if we just, like, make it sort of all-inclusive, like all of us that make our mistakes and that don't know what we're doing. And I was like, that's really brilliant. Okay. And then the rest just fell out. And there's, you know, there's tinges of, of truth in there. Like in the second verse, it's like, you know, here's to the view from the tile of the bathroom floor. And for me, that was a, a very poignant lyric because I, um, always sit on the floor when I'm, like, going through, like, horrible life moments. I don't know why. I just sit on the floor when I'm crying. And um, and there have been, you know, those, like, quarter-life crises, I would call them, where I would be on the bathroom floor and just, like, what am I going to do next? Um, and that resonated with me a lot with my music career, just a lot of moments where things didn't go the way I thought they might. And so that song became sort of this, like, almost embarrassingly truthful um, story for me. You know, the chorus just kind of felt like, oh man, like, am I going to admit that this is like about me? And, uh, I didn't really want to. So we pitched it, we pitched it for other artists and my publishing company got it to Tim McGraw and Faith Hill. And they had it on hold for a year. So and The whole I, time
0: were you thinking they were going to cut it?
1: Oh yeah. For the whole year I was like, yeah, they're going to cut it and it'll be great. And, um, I think, I don't know if this is true, but I heard that Cam had even heard it, and she really liked it, so I was like, great, someone else will do it justice. And then they didn't cut it, and or they cut it but didn't put it on the record, I don't know. And then I was in the studio, and I was making my, my record right after I signed my record deal, and my label just kept bringing that song up. And they are like, what about God Bless This Mess? You know, it's this huge anthemic ballad, and I was fighting it, because I just... I don't know, something about it felt like I didn't want to be preachy. And then we ended up playing the song for the band, the musicians who we had these incredible musicians, Tony Lucido and Derek Wells and Fred Eltringham, And so we played them the verse and the chorus of the song and they stopped us halfway through the the first chorus. And they were like, yeah, we are going to, we got to cut this song. They just loved it. And so we cut it and we tracked the vocal that day and and then as I was listening to it back in the studio, I was hit by this thought. I've been very careful and very, like, strategic for most of my career. And I've thought that I've always been in control and always been making these moves to try to get to the next step. And And that song was playing in the studio and I was listening to it back and I was, like, feeling so overwhelmed and sort of... Um, like, I would, I had been put in my place by that song. And I realized my album, I wasn't going to dictate what my album was. That song and the songs that actually told the truth were going to create who I am as an artist. I think sometimes we get this idea in our heads of, oh, I'm this kind of artist and I sound like this. And then you have just songs that come along and you're like, oh, okay. Like, it redefines it for you. And you you, you realize that, um, you know, you can't really force something. You just have to let it be what it is. And that song was just sort of a bigger lesson for me um, in just kind of being myself, I guess. I'm
0: into that.
1: A dissertation right there as as on authentic music. Wow. I
0: have a lot more to talk about. I know we're like four. Well, how long are we into this? <laughs> we should do a two parter.
1: We've never done a 2 parts before. You don't have to leave. No. We're just going to
0: break this into two parts. Oh, great. That way people can consume it. Oh, cool. Okay. All right, so that's all for today. When we come (laughs) back with Jillian. By the way, stream, download Jillian's record, uh, Side A.
1: Yes, please. Yeah. yeah.
0: And uh, next time on the next episode of the Bobbycast with Jillian. We've never done this before. Really? Yeah, this is the first time we've ever done two parts. I'm honored. One. Uh, Jillian made a real diva demand before she got over to the house, which is where we are now. (laughs) This music. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that when we start the next episode of the Bobbycast. Jillian, we'll see you next time, all right? Bye. All right, bye, everybody. See you later. See you later.